about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Good morning, good morning. All right, good morning. How's it going, man? How's your week? It was all right. It's been busy. Yeah? It's all right, yeah. Yeah, I sense that. I sense you're 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 a little busy these days. What do you got going on? Oh, different different stuff. Working for people just doing random odd jobs. Like people want websites, people want like Discord server setup, all this random stuff. Um That's good, man. You're you're at high demand. A little bit now, yeah. It's kinda Any, weird. Anybody paying you in Monero other than us? Um not um not not I don't think you yeah, I don't think yet. I don't think yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yet. Um, okay. There might be there might be a couple more people soon. Um, Sweet, but because it's it's some people that aren't in the cryptocurrency space, and there's some people that that are. So it's like two different worlds, kind of thing. Mm, okay. But, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if you heard we uh, we did a space. Well, we didn't do a spaces. Chill basically ran the spaces earlier this week. Did you jump in on that? Did you? No, I think I missed that. Okay. Uh, I don't think I saw that one. And XMR Bazaar came up because she was talking about you know how to grow Monero adoption. Uh, people are excited about it, man. People are excited. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. It's that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, they like the idea of the wish list and that whole whole concept. I guess no real news to report on that. We made well, we 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 finished the multi sig escrow. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we don't really know yet. <laughs> we're, we're close. Yeah. It... <laughs> Uh, the implementation uh, does work. It's got some rough edges that'll have to be uh, worked out, but it it does it does work. It does what it's supposed to do technically. Um, so yeah, not direct. Well, kind of related. Not direct. I always talk about like the the eggs things on the show that I'm trying to get going. The Monero for eggs. So this company is the company I currently use, and they're great. And they ship every month. They ship me like uh, four dozen eggs. And what's cool about them, they ship them with the, it's called the bloom. The bloom is still on. I don't know if it's hard. Oh, yeah. So they don't wash them, right? Yeah. So they don't wash them. Safe to ship because you don't have to refrigerate it kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. That's cool. Mother nature at its best, right? uh, Mm -hmm. Could I possibly ever guess how you buy these eggs and what you pay to buy these eggs? No, I use cash because they oh, don't accept. Cash. Okay. Oh, I use I use credit card. Even worse because they don't accept Monero. I tried to get them to accept Monero. I called them up. I wanted to come visit the farm. It was a whole thing. They're just kind of like they weren't really into it. They're into eggs. They couldn't be distracted, mm. which which I get. Um, and then yeah, I was gonna try to just like show up at their farm, but anyway, we we tried to get our own thing going. Somebody from the Monero community. I think he's in Tennessee. We've been working on this for over a year. The hardest part was getting the packaging right because it's, it's oh, actually, sure. yeah, yeah. Shipping eggs is gonna ship four dozen eggs without losing any. Even these guys, like, it's not like they're in a pallet. It's just like you're shipping it to a single dude. It's gonna be like a small box. Yeah, so they probably get thrown around. <laughs> these they got. It's got some nice 
little foam on top of it that goes in there and then they stack four of them in a box and then they have like a separator in there that keeps them all tight and it's it's simple but it's effective um so we were trying to mimic that and get all the materials and for whatever reason it's been a whole thing but we finally figured out the material thing but our our egg guy i don't know he's he's kind of gone dark so if there's anybody out there in monero land that got some chickens that's ready to start start shipping eggs hit, hit us up uh you know we could scale up slowly i know i for one would love to be the first customer where i could get fresh delivered eggs monthly because these guys guess what they're no longer doing it i just got an email oh wow yesterday let me see if i could add this um uh wait, why isn't it going up i don't know this oh is it the uh, slide let me try yeah hmm, that's weird i i saw it earlier this morning weird. Oh, it's, it goes down there. Okay. All right. Yeah. With much regret as of this week, we will discontinue our fresh egg deliveries in your region uh, of the country due to unforeseen costs and regulatory barriers. Oh, wow. Uh, it's basically what it's coming down to that they're not allowed legally to ship these eggs like this anymore with just the bloom on. They really? Need, yeah. Yeah. They need to be wow. frozen or whatever. Um, so there you go. Just another example, guys. That must be uh, some FDA stuff. Yeah, the, the federal government looking out for us. Looking you out. Must for wash us. your eggs and ship them only frozen. Yeah, looking out for our health because they're so concerned about us. Oh yeah. God, sure. God forbid we have healthy eggs fresh from the farm. That's why most states um, had to, uh, if they wanted to sell raw milk, it had to be four cats and dogs, which yes. is so funny. It's just a goofy loophole. Yeah. So, but I bring this up because this is what, right, XMR Bazaar is all about, right? It's not just about using Monero. It's about being able to live off each other peer-to-peer in an unstoppable way so we can buy eggs from each other directly. Without That's super it. sad. There's many such cases, and people like to blame capitalism for the fact that just big corporations own the country but that's only you know that's not the whole thing it's this regulatory capture that happens and screws over little people like fresh farm eggs go well yeah i mean but that's that's part of the the big corporations right they're in cahoots with the regulators they they love these rules right they the yeah. yeah that are delivering eggs to every supermarket across the country they don't they don't want they don't want this dude sending eggs via the mail right they want you going to the supermarket to buy the mm-hmm. eggs so they, they knock out all their competitors. Um, it's just horrible. It's just another example. Uh, but yeah, that was my little story, my little antidote. Uh, and that's all. Oh, other thing I wanted to bring up was Howard. We had him on this week on Monero Talk. Highly recommend people check that out if they haven't already. That was a great chat. It was it was a good one. We talked about the Bitmain miner, whether or not it's an ASIC. And it was just a really good conversation, I thought. Yeah, I still need to go through and watch that. I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. I know, yeah. I know it's just, it's a good interview. Definitely recommend checking that one out. And yeah, that's all I got in terms of general house cleaning. I guess let's let's proceed. Let's get the show on the road. Awesome. Let's jump into the price report. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer to peer. Hey, what's up, guys? Body, what's going on, man? Morning, body. That's a cool story about the eggs, and also kind of a sad story about the eggs. I, I had no idea that um, that there was that. Uh, I'm sorry. What did you call it? The hood. The, the uh, thing bloom. on the outside. Bloom. The bloom. Yeah, 
it's you know mother nature at its best you don't have to you don't have to store your eggs in in a refrigerator and they, they lose quality when you when you do that they degrade yeah most americans don't know that you can just store your eggs in like a pantry or something and that's how like most other countries do it they don't right. like pre-wash their eggs and so when we wash it, it's like oh it gets air quote sanitized but it actually makes it worse because you remove like doug said that protective coating of the egg that prevents um like bacteria from getting inside the egg and stuff um so exactly what's I mean, cool I- is that i learned that um i learned it by accident maybe like 10 years ago um some guy at work he um he also had a ranch like a small some, i don't know a little bit of land and um he had chickens because he said yeah i just got the chickens to eat all the bugs off the cow poop and um so he would sell me eggs i think it was like i paid him a pretty good penny for it but um these eggs like the shells were so thick like you had to actually hit them pretty hard to get the shells to break and uh yeah i had read you could store them outside of the refrigerator and i would leave them there for weeks at a time and they, they would be totally fine um so yeah and what was crazy is the yolks in those eggs were like almost a dark orange you would some in some cases you would almost call it uh close to red Mm-hmm. And uh, the taste was very different. Like I would eat them pretty much raw. Like I would just separate the yolks. Um, and they, the taste was just so much better than anything you would get from a store. So yeah, I learned I learned back then kind of by accident that you could you could store them outside and that like chickens that are healthy, the, the, the eggs just look totally different. The yolks look totally different. Yeah, yeah. Chickens that are out there just, you know, eating bugs and eating grass that are walking around as opposed to being caged up. I mean, there's so there's so much, um, you know, marketing and misinformation with eggs too, right? Like you'll have like the, there's all the different types. Pasture raised is obviously the best, but you'll have like free range or cage free, but even cage free. It's like, all right, they're not in a cage, but there's like a 10,000 chickens right next to each other in a barn. But they're cage free. <laughs> I've um, seen the um, the the requirements for like stuff like that. It's so goofy. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, they have like ten feet of outdoor space. The rest is in a barn, and now suddenly right. they can be like, yeah, grass fed or whatever. <laughs> That's why I love these guys. These guys are legit. You know, I, I researched them. So yeah, any I said it again. Anybody that's out there that's got their own chickens going, please reach out to me. We'll get it go. We figured out the packaging. Uh, we'll add it to gratuitous and eventually XMR Bazaar, where people can just you know order eggs via subscription with Monero, get the real deal with the bloom on it. Till the feds, cool. till the feds shut us down. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to shut us down, though, right? Basically, what happened? Imagine yeah. some Weasley, slimy little Fed boy on on XMR Bazaar looking for like, yeah. hey, we found this guy who was selling eggs with. Yeah. With the bloom. ordering them and like testing them to see if the bloom is in fact still on them these haven't been washed <laughs> so do you know oh, the God. specific issue was it because of the bloom or just because they weren't frozen uh it was it was both, both. i believe it was both yeah so they... not frozen yeah they wanted them kept at a certain temperature basically they want them washed and kept at a certain temperature yeah yeah i've seen the videos where um where the fed boys will go and shut down some farm they'll um you know like a raw milk dairy farm like some local thing uh, and I've seen they'll just they'll just show up and they'll you know they'll they'll just try and shut the whole thing down. I think right. I saw just one video where the sheriff came out and was like, "Nah, y'all aren't going to do that." all the milk, right? Like you you see, right? I've seen those videos where they show like just gallons of milk being poured out. I haven't I haven't seen any of those videos, but um, yeah. I mean I've read about that. Yeah. It's crazy. What the hell? <laughs> well, well, what do we got for price? Well, um, so like I think it was on Monday that the ETFs the judge ruled, hey. Uh, you've got a. They ruled in favor of Grayscale. They told the SEC that um, 
you uh, your rulings have been arbitrary and capricious and we're going to vacate your decision and you have to go re-review it. Um, that doesn't mean that the that the SEC is going to play ball. In fact, they didn't. There was uh, a number of ETFs that were um, their deadline was supposed to be. <clears throat> excuse me. Their deadline is supposed to be this week, and then the SEC rejected them. So I think we can continue to expect the SEC to play in bad faith, like they've been playing in bad faith, um, and come up with some other bullshit reason to reject the ETFs um, until like until they're basically forced to, or until maybe the administration changes or something. Um, so. What was interesting about that is, um, you know, we had kind of like this big pop. Here's Bitcoin. Um, actually, you know what? Let's take a look at Bitcoin plus Ethereum. So we had this big pop and um, actually, I'm sorry, schizophrenic. Uh, I didn't have that chart drawn out quite as well as this one. Yes, we had this big pop and kind of like we talked about last week, you know, we said, hey, maybe, maybe if we're lucky, we can get to this sort of uh, yellow circle area, but there's plenty of resistance along the way before we actually get there. Um and it's really, really not good price action to pop up into this area to pretend like we're going to break back into this. Um, what was support now became resistance um, to break up into that and then basically not confirm it and then fall right back down. Um, you know, on a shorter time frame, that's let's go to the one hour. It's basically a bar chart, right? Another bar chart. Boom, boom, boom. Barson. So, um, yeah, I just I wouldn't call this good price action. Uh, I'm going to stick by my thesis and say that. Um, you know, the bears are, are sort of winning the day here for, for the meantime. I do think that the probability is further downside. This support line right here, um, you know, this support line is looking a little bit more and more like it's uh, it's meant to be broken. Now, maybe it's not. Um, I guess it is possible that uh, that perhaps it could hold somehow, you know, get down here and then and then come recover. Um, right now, I, I just I don't see it. Um, what I see on the macro looks like. Uh, it looks problematic starting with the dollar index. So um, <clears throat> basically this week, uh, so the dollar broke out of pretty much any way that we could draw this uh, this downsloping resistance, any way that we could have drawn it, um, it's broken out, right? It, it, and this sort of, these these top lines sort of being the most recent lines right here um, and this, this bottom line here being um, a little bit more long-term, you know, coming back all the way to, to this point. Anyway, so what we saw was a little bit of hesitation Dollar pumped, came back and retested those lines, and then it pumped right back to, to the upside. So, I mean, this looks like a chart ready ready to move up. This looks like a chart that's that's ready to be uh, to continue being bullish. So, um, yeah, the, the dollar index doesn't look so great. As a counterpoint to the potential that maybe there's still some risk on money that could be had, uh, we've got the reverse repos continued to come down this week. And honestly, I kind of expected them to, um, to find a bottom and then eventually break up through this yellow line, um, but that's not what happened. And you can kind of see how that uh, how that played out with uh, with stocks. So basically, we had we had a little bit of a rebound this week for stocks. Let's take a look at the Nasdaq. Um, yeah, so price came up, sort of tested this support area, these upsloping support lines, which you can see are, you know, kind of just the most reasonable way to draw the uh, what was this channel here. Um, at the moment, uh, you know, the money count coming out of the reverse repos, I think, is what has driven this the pump in stocks this week. Even though crypto basically overall crypto did nothing, it pumped and then it came back down. Um, so it would maybe be slightly premature to uh, to call it, but you might be able to call this a head and shoulders in progress. This would obviously have to come back down. Um, really, if price does come back down, like if the Nasdaq does make its way back down here next week to to touch this support line again, um, that that's what you would call not great price action again. Uh, to, to tap that line, come up and then come right back down to it in such a short amount of time. Again, I, I do think that 
it's likely, it's plausible, probable that um, that stocks need to take a bit longer of a cool off as well. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not calling for big crashes. I know that a lot of people do. Um, you know, there, there's a never ending stream of certain people that that like to call for stock market crashes all the time, um, and they're right. You know, like once a decade, but but they're not exactly right very often. So I, I'm not I'm not even necessarily. I don't even big think, short guy right with that guy who's famous for the big short. Didn't he come out and make a oh Michael Burry? Yeah. yeah. I think he, yeah, he um so Michael Burry was um he was like the first guy in 2000 I guess he was probably like 2006 or 2005 and um read he he's a medical doctor that got into investments and then he read like all of these uh adjustable rate mortgages and the contracts and and the mortgage backed securities and he read like everything about them um or I'm sorry let me rephrase that he read everything about the mortgage contracts and read the, like a sampling of so many different contracts and said these are going to these are all going to blow up like these are terrible and so he actually went to the banks apparently and uh, got them to create short products for him to short the housing industry. Um, he was the first one to do it, so he made a lot of money from that. He's famous for that. I he but he, he did, was also famous. He came ahead. out recently and and placed another short like three weeks ago. Yeah, that was so we got the news like three weeks ago, but those were shorts he placed back in June. If oh okay, if I if memory serves me correctly, so it's possible he could have closed them by now. It's also possible. Um, you know, that he takes a position right before a filing deadline that gets reported, you know, and then he closes it. He was also famous for trying to short Tesla before it put on like another two X in 2021. So, mm. um, okay, you yeah. know, it's, there's a chance because he's famous now, and this is like something that you always have to think about, you know, it's not an accusatory thing, but you have to wonder a lot of times with guys that have a big following, they often have the ability to move the market or to provide liquidity to the opposite side of the real trade. So like <clears throat> one thing we saw in 2021 was a big push across the board, across stocks and crypto and everything was to get the hype going so that everyone, all of the plebs would provide exit liquidity to the insiders that were probably selling back then, especially crypto insiders, for sure. Crypto insiders were selling um, their stack in 2021. That was a very long, large distribution. They used the plebs as exit liquidity there. So you do have to kind of wonder, Burry being famous now, can that be used in a counter cyclical kind of way? I have no idea. You know, I'd like to think that a guy like that is scrupulous, but you know, he's a doctor. So these <laughs> days he could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, just, uh, just know that um, there are a lot of people that are more and more calling for like some big stock market crash. And um, you know, a lot of it is based on this uh, on the yield curve inversion that we've been, I guess you would say this has been over a year now, July of last year. So it's, so it's been slightly over a year that the yield curve has, has been inverted. So uh, that is kind of getting long in the tooth, historically speaking um, where the yield curve has been inverted for some period of time, usually um, somewhere like, nine months to 18 months before a big reversal happens. And then you see like some major catastrophic crash. So um, yeah, we'll just have to keep watching this again. If this thing spikes up very quickly while the yields spike down, that's, that's a sign to get out of the market and to do it post haste. Um, let's take a quick look at the wave magic on. Um, so, so make sure you're following body on Twitter. So you're notified as soon as that happens. If I see it, yeah, I'll, I'll post about it as soon as I see it. I, don't, I probably don't post about prices enough on, on Twitter, really. Um, I was actually thinking about that just yesterday. I need to post hey man, more, We're all relying on you for that financial <laughs> advice. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've had all these bar charts. We go to this this position where, like, price just does nothing, right? Like, that's what price did this week. It was just flat, flat, flat. It popped up. Um, I think you asked me... Um, 
on session, I, uh, I think you asked me like, Hey, what do you think about this pop? And I was like, eh, I wouldn't trust it. Um, sure enough, you know, came right back down. I probably should have posted that on Twitter just to give people a heads up. All right. I'll think about that more. Um, yeah. Cause a lot of stuff happens midweek, you know, and, uh, we, we can't talk about it all, you know, today on Saturday without, uh, without getting some frame of reference. Uh, so, okay. Here's the wave magic on the S and P 500. Um, you know, you could, you could make the case that, that this chart is trying to set up to be bullish for more gains, uh, on the way, but normally like if this was going to be a bullish setup, I really like would expect that we need to come at a minimum test the, uh, the bottom edge of this, this blue boundary, um, and, or potentially test, uh, the moving average zone some, somewhere around this area. Um, and that, that like could be, that might be enough of a pullback if a head and shoulders pattern does form. Um, what you would do here is you would draw a line, uh, connecting the armpits. You would draw another line, uh, from the, Okay. Sorry about that. You draw another line from the top um, down there, and then you would basically, from that line, you would sort of move that. Sorry, these charts are slow. The mouse moves slowly with all these lines printed. Um, but anyways, if this head and shoulders pattern does play out, your target would be somewhere down here. So not like too crazy far down. I really, you know, and sometimes things can overperform. You could see this thing actually go lower than that. Um, these right here would be very good supports overall. Um, so my thinking again, my ideal case, my ideal scenario here um, for making trading gains <clears throat> is to watch basically stocks come back down to this, um, you know, to this big support area sometime between now and maybe December, uh, and then get an opportunity to load up, right? You start buying down here because that's, I mean, that's just what the chart would say. That's just what you're supposed to do down there. Uh, and then the same thing, something similar with Bitcoin and uh, the crypto market and potentially Monero as well. Um, although I really never want to see Monero down. So it's because I, you know, I just hodl. So I'd rather just see it go up forever and I don't ever want it to pull back. So probably that influences my thinking somewhat, but um, yeah, I mean it, I would, I would like to see um, crypto pull back again to this sort of uh, these very long-term lower standard deviation bands, this cluster of bands that oh. would be nice at this moment. I would kind of expect it to take probably a little bit more of a drop than that. Um, and this would also sort of coincide with touching the, uh, the, uh, the, the lower regression boundary. So that, that would all be really nice. I would love to see that. Like, that's my ideal scenario. I think there's a reasonably good likelihood that that happens. So I'm basically out of the markets right now, except for my Monero hodl and some shit coins, because, uh, my thinking here on, I've got a few shit coins and my thinking is okay. If I'm wrong and the market goes up anyways, I don't want to miss out. And since shit coins have a good tendency to overperform, if the, if the bull market starts early, I should, you know, those shit coins should hopefully perform somewhat well, even though they're a very small, you know, part of my stack, um, you know, maybe like five. 10%. Um, hopefully they would make up for the case that I'm wrong. So that's sort of like strategically hedging against um, the chance that I might be wrong here on, on what I think the markets are going to do. Uh, let's see. I just, want, I just want to chime in real quick. Uh, I see there's a bunch of people in the space, which is cool on Twitter spaces. But if you guys want to see the show, you can watch it on YouTube or actually even on Twitter. I, I post the link in the nest. Uh, it's stream live there as well. If you want to see the visual. Go ahead, Mark. Yes. Yeah, these the, the charts don't make a whole or the 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 speech doesn't make a, as much sense without the charts. So highly yes. recommend. Um, let's see here. Looking at USDC, here we go. USDC has kind of leveled off. So we had like this big dramatic crash ever since the March event, and and it sort of depegged for a moment, and then it repegged. But um, USDC has just been the 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 market cap of USDC has been going down, 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 which would indicate that there 
is somebody or some set of people that are redeeming their USDC um, for real dollars. Um, so that would be the theory there. It seems to be leveling off overall. Um, you know, that doesn't mean like that it has to completely stop, but it has been like six months, basically, um, almost six months. And uh, it's just been kind of going down. So it's finally leveled off. Um, there, there are theories about this. It's hard to say if any of them are, are real. But, um, you know, the theory being that USDC is redeemable, whereas Tether might not be quite as redeemable. Um, and whether that's because Tether is insolvent or just because they have significant problems with their banking relations um, and have had a lot of problems getting banking relations. In fact, um, you know, you, you see the news come out regularly or you see someone else do an examination of the documents that were uh, that I think it was Coindesk or no, no, no. Coindesk reported on it. Maybe it was DCG. I can't remember the. I think it was DCG associated somehow. Anyways, they uh, they wanted to see all the documents that the New York New York Attorney General got from Tether when they sued them, and the court ordered that Tether turn over like all of their documents, which was like millions of documents. Um, but anyways, you'll see like people um, kind of looking into that more, and you'll be like, oh yeah, they 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 faked some papers, and they they did some shell corporations, and did some shady stuff so that they get get banking access. Um, you know, and. Uh, I mean, you, you almost could kind of understand it because it's like well, the banks are trying to shut people out of crypto. Um, so, you know, what that's is it right that they should do that to Tether? I don't know. Tether's also shady. They've got these like connections and um, that are very shady. So maybe the banks are just trying to protect themselves. Um, I mean, obviously, banks are always trying to protect themselves. Anyways, just a, a point. The, the USDC fall off, the dramatic fall off has sort of um, leveled off here. Uh, and then... Let's see. Obviously, we haven't talked about Monero. There was one more thing. Um, Fed meeting is going to be this month here in a few weeks. They should probably raise rates another 25 basis points. At least that's the that's what they said they're going to do. Um, let's see. I guess that's about it until we get to Monero. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, overall, long term, let's go to the daily Monero versus U.S. dollar. Uh, you know, we're just kind of sitting on this sort of you can kind of see this support line here that's that's developing and currently prices is, is sitting at that support line. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that holds. It, it's hard to think that the rest of the crypto market's going to go down um, without Monero following down. Um, maybe we can be lucky and sort of uh, perform better, right? Maybe this uh, this head and shoulders that's still, you know, and it is a head and shoulders at the moment, but, uh, you know, we really need this thing to come back up here. We need to break the support uh, resistance line. We need a big pump on the Monero dominance here to really say that, you know, that this thing is confirmed as a head and shoulders. Uh, and obviously getting to this area right here is, is basically confirms that. So, um, you know, this is a very big chart pattern. Hopefully it plays out. Uh, there's a good chance I think that it could. Um, we've also got the uh, Monero versus Bitcoin ratio. Uh, yeah, this thing's just kind of sitting here. We've got all these wicks, all these downside wicks. Although you might say that there's a bunch of upside wicks too, but uh, the tails look longer to the downside for sure. So th this chart looks like it, it wants to go up. It's probably getting ready to go up. Um, I think that... The news with that with the court case where the um, where the the judge ruled that the SEC their decision was vacated and they had to take another look at it. Um, that uh, you know that kind of drove Bitcoin up and Monero down here on this candle here, um, and that one as well. I think uh, I can't remember if that decision was on. Well, anyways, that doesn't matter. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully this will move to the upside. This looks like it's starting to get towards the end of its pattern. Maybe it takes another month. It could still just chop sideways potentially. So uh, we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, overall, I mean, the market's just, you know, kind of been flat. For the crypto markets just tended to be flat. Um, I know transactions also still pretty flat, hovering below 20K for the most part. 
would would be nice to see this start going up at some point. Uh, maybe maybe get some of that Argentina adoption. Uh, and then we've got uh, looks like we've got about twenty six thousand nodes that have been seen, our peers that have been seen in the last twenty four hours. Um, this is this has grown significantly. I think last year this was like twelve thousand, which is interesting because um, you know we're seeing more nodes out there, but uh, we're not seeing more transactions out there. So I wonder. I, I do wonder, is is there the potential, and, and this would really be something for one of the devs like Howard Chu or someone to answer, like, is it possible that we could be seeing some kind of civil attack where um, there are nodes being launched by the government or by chain analysis to try and um, uh, defeat something like Dandelion++, right? Would uh-huh. they maybe be trying to to sort of narrow down? Are they, maybe they only have enough capabilities to focus on, you know, particular transactions or particular ransomware payments, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. That that's just like me thinking, you know, speculatively out loud. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, I think, man, there was one more thing I wanted to tell you guys, but I guess I didn't write it down. Uh, I don't remember it at this moment. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for price. Um, things tend to be flat. We're we're getting Bart charts. You know, we, things are low volume as well. Like if you take a look at the volume on on Bitcoin, for example, um, Bitcoin volume is is very low. Let's let's go to um, let's go to Coinbase uh, because. I don't trust the volumes at a place like Binance. Um, Kraken is good, but Coinbase is more popular. So, um, but yeah, if, like if we just take a look at the volume, you're going to see that we've we've dropped off significantly. We can go to the weekly, understand that better. Uh, so this is weekly volume. Yeah, I mean you can see how dramatically that that's dropped off, uh, and we can even come in here and put the uh, uh, put the moving average uh, put a moving average length. Oh, let's see here, volume. Let's make that white. Yeah, so you can see that basically. The, the moving average of volume has dropped off significantly. Maybe we should have a time period, maybe like um, six weeks, just to get more resolution. Um, and we haven't seen volumes this low since basically 2020. 2020 was the last time that we saw volume this low. Um, and especially like consistently, like volume has been consistently down. So, um, you know, I mean, that's not that's not great, obviously. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to uh, keep an eye on this. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's probably a good idea to... Um, uh, you know, to, to be cautious in these markets to not be getting extremely long. So, uh, yeah, good luck to traders out there. Good luck to hodlers out there. All right. Good stuff. As always, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, TLDR Monero is going to the moon. <laughs> use Monero, guys. Use it. Ignore the price. Just use it. Yep. All right. Let's uh, jump into Dev Report. I know we have our guests waiting as well. So let's we'll try to move it along. You got it. Alex. Right. Later, guys. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, buddy. Yeah, stick around if you can, please. Especially for the news section. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the dev report. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey, you good? What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um. I'm excited today because I just woke up to an update about this miner. I think we know the price of it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, like in first? Allegedly, there's a Reddit post. I mean, I'm, I'm going to save it to the end to keep the listeners pinned. I already have a guess myself based on um, uh, a um, a benchmark site I found that already had a suggested price. So. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I saw that too, but I was like, I don't know. But apparently, a company is, is listing the pre-order for it. But sorry for the people who don't know what we're, what this even is. I just I just hop straight into it. That's but right. yeah, I'll go over the um, pricing later. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Do your thing, man. Yeah. 
Sorry, I just hopped right. We we started, but yeah. Um, basically, you might have seen this Twitter post going around. I think I saw it on Tuesday, and it talks about Monero miner. So, uh, sort of the question is, um, did Monero get ASICs? You know, what's up with RandomX going on? And the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> are not ASICs. Um, well, probably not. No one knows what's in them, but they're like ninety-nine percent sure these aren't ASICs. What these probably are is just a bunch of RISC-V CPUs like um, just jammed together into one machine. That's probably what these are. And I think you covered that in the in the interview with Howard Chu, which is a great interview. I know you recommended it earlier. But um, also, you like black shirts. But uh... <laughs> my, my Monero-related shirts all the time. <laughs> and then this is a really good interview with Howard Chu. Um, I think it released... On Tuesday, I was super excited. I know they usually release on Wednesday, right? The Monero Talks? Yeah, we tried to get it out as soon as possible. Yeah, no, that was so exciting. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll tune in Wednesday. It came out like Tuesday. I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to this one. It was a really good, really good interview. I recommend you watch it. It's a lot more, I mean, it's an hour and, and, and a half, roughly, with Howard True. Best content ever made. But um, Let's get started. But so you, you might be relieved. These are not ASICs, so Random X is not broken. Don't believe any of the FUD that you hear. But these could still um, be a problem, could still create a problem for minor decentralization based upon the pricing that they release at, which we know now, but I will save the pricing for later. And you might wonder, even though they're not ASICs, how are they still a threat to Monero minor centralization? And the answer is that they could make um, give large miners more of an un unfair advantage because um, unfortunately life isn't fair, but mining Monero should be fair. I, I believe so. I think a lot of people in this space believe so. That's why Monero tried to fight, um, well, not tries, but fights ASICs. Because basically, um, basically just like the way that mining works and the way that physics works, the way that economics work, large miners naturally have disadvantage. They have things like economics of scale. For example, if you, if you go to buy computers, you're going to get a better price if you buy 10 versus if you buy one, right? So you, you're already getting a very bigger discount on them. You also, you might have access to cheap power. Right, because if you're a big, big miner, you could probably negotiate a better contract with the local power supplier, or you even build your big mining, your your big mining rig in a place that has cheap power, right? So you you're probably not going to build it in Manhattan, New York. You're probably build it in the middle of nowhere, Texas. So you probably have cheap power. You also have more um often payouts or more frequent payouts, which is an interesting um which helps you finance, right? Because if you're a small miner and you get paid. Once every two years, it might be a large amount, but you still it's hard to finance that. Versus if you're a large miner, you probably get paid more frequently, even though it would be, you know, the same amount if you average it out over a long time period. They also have faster communication because you know speed of light, internet speed, because it's gonna be a factor in that. And there's so many more things that physics and economics lead to having large miners have an advantage, right? But this advantage isn't good. You you don't wanna have because these type of advantages lead to centralization. In the network, and they can, and it has led to Bitcoin transaction censorship, and all of these things, right? Because if you're a big miner, you're probably working with the government, because right, you can't, you're not going to hide a large mining operation in your in your closet, right? So you're going to end up censoring transactions, restricting transactions, requiring requiring KYC for transactions, which is just not good, right, for privacy reasons. And sorry if I'm going a bit fast. Am I being clear? But um, want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good yeah. stuff. Good okay. stuff. So basically, RandomX ensures that the um, large miners don't have a hardware advantage in, in addition to all the advantages they already have from just how mining works. And that's what it does in theory. But um, Bitmain's new machine 
could hurt this. Where I saw the pricing, I was like, I don't know if this pricing is accurate, but like this machine is is probably just a bunch of RISC five CPUs in a box, not an ASIC by any stretch of the imagination, right? But it could still hurt Monero's decentralization because depending on the price that it comes out at, it could um, give a better price to hash rate ratio, which gives large miners a hardware advantage, right? So let's say in theory it was a dollar, right? Like obviously this would not be good for Monero because Bitmain has has access to really, really cheap um, Bitcoin Monero miners, and that could drive out home miners and other decentralized people like that. But obviously it's not going to be a dollar. So it all just depends on the price that it comes out at. And I, I ran some numbers to hopefully illustrate what I'm talking about, like the price to hash rate ratio. And so this is like, I'm not a miner, so don't take this data and go buy a miner tonight. But I had a thought experiment of if what if you spent $200 and you you want to mine Monero, right? And you spent $200 versus if you want to mine Bitcoin, you spent $200. And I did the math. I found this CPU that people recommend. I think it's a little older. And this CPU is literally, I think, like $20. And I forgot the hash rate on it. But if you do the math and you spent $200 and you bought a motherboard, power supply, you would probably come way under $200. But that would get you this percentage of the... Um, Monero net Monero network essentially. So if you spend two hundred dollars, you would get this percentage here for Monero. And unfortunately, since Bitcoin only has ASICs, you would get this number on the right here, which is a um, two, which is a two powers difference. So essentially, if you do the math on it, a hundred. If you were to spend your money mining Monero, your money goes a hundred times farther mining Monero, right? Because the hash rates are not as dominated by ASIC, essentially. Does that make any sense or that jump? Because I, I I had a hard time last night trying to find the right, like I, I didn't want to throw too many graphs on it, too many numbers on it, because I don't like people listening at home. But does, does that make sense or should I elaborate more? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's like if you have the money to buy an ASIC, then you're better off buying an ASIC. But like if you don't have that, if you don't have 20 grand to buy an ASIC, your, your, the little amount of money you have, you want to spend goes way farther for the Monero. Yes. That's exactly it. And these numbers actually get much worse the bigger you go, right? Like the more expensive you spend a thousand, I imagine these numbers are going to be much more in Monero's favor because the uh, ACs get much more powerful the bigger they are, more money you spend, more advantages you get essentially. So your money goes much farther in supporting the Monero network than it does on Bitcoin. Oh, so, so you'd say that continue going goes up. I, I think it's worse. Money. It gets worse okay. the more money you spend, right? Because ACs get much better the more, just like a computer. Like the more money you spend, you get newer stuff with ASICs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I think that was that's what I thought last night. Like the more money you spend on it, the ratio this ratio gets worse in favor. It gets better in Monero's favor. But I could be wrong about it. So I did I didn't run the numbers on too many things, but that's my intuition right now. Does that does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Uh we could have others jump on later to to yeah. either test agree. Another yeah. I don't want to derail you for a second, but another point an interesting point mm. that or two interesting points that Howard brought up. And once again, I recommend people watch the whole thing. It was, it was yes. still lots of tidbits of info. Um, is that Howard suspects and others suspect that these things were around for quite some time for at least two mm -hmm. years. And, you know, that's what Bitmain normally does, right? They use them personally before, you know, and then once the hardware is essentially old and they lose that competitive advantage, <laughs> that's the market. Uh, and there's, there's evidence that that they've existed for two years and howard mm -hmm. goes through and explains um basically the fingerprinting that you could see uh mm -hmm. you know evidence that these that these things were were potentially there among us for the past two years 
another you know interesting point that Howard that Howard makes is this idea that over time Bitcoin mining becomes less profitable. I mean Monero mining. Monero mining becomes less profitable, right? Because we're mm-hmm. it's more computing power fighting for a fixed amount of Monero that's issued through the tail emission, right? There's only so mm-hmm. much Monero issued. Um and it's more computing power fighting over that. And because of that, it's it's more computers fighting over the uh, same piece of pie. So yep. profitability goes down. And and because of that, if you think about it, that the tendency for large uh, mining uh, companies to arise in Monero doesn't really exist because of that, because of this profitability issue uh, with as you throw more computing power at it, uh, you know, profitability is, is ultimately going down per, per miner over time, which may sound like a bad thing in your, in your mind, but it's actually mm-hmm. Howard explains it as, as being a good thing and kind of what the ideal is for a, Proof of work mining network that that's... like he incentivizes these uh the uh, the mining companies right because right. they're mainly in the business of making large profits by mining that's it right exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly and of course there's also the Monero price aspect if you know suddenly boom double overnight for whatever we that would uh right but it doesn't it, but, but it doesn't deter people like me and you that you know are okay with basically mining at break even right because right it incentivizes those that truly believe in monero or that are like hoping that the price goes up and it kind of decentivizes those that are just in it for the business of trying to make a buck through mining so it's just an important point to bring up it's kind of subtle one and i think mm-hmm. it's important to realize that yeah like i said i recommend that interview because it's feel i mean it's like an hour and a half of howard true giving up giving great insights and doug asking great questions so i think there's a d- lot of nuance to be had there like you said but definitely you should watch the like i sorry i keep saying but like the interview is really like howard true's interviews are probably some of my favorite ones on narrow talk you should definitely watch it because a lot more nuance in that talk that i'm able to fit into my little five minute yeah. presentation but yeah um the next one is so basically, this miner isn't an ASIC, but it could have a better price to hash ratio, roughly, right? Because there are things like power that you got to take into account. And that could drive this ratio that we talked about earlier into more in a centralized way. But I, I don't think that it does. Because I, I went through and thought about like, can we tweak? Oh, yeah. Someone said, can we tweak RandomX so that it only needs one main board or a full computer? I have no idea. I remember, I know that the, there was a, a chat with the devs about tweaking RandomX to make it like more memory hard or things like that or other things like that i don't know if they it seemed like they were just talking about it so i'm not sure and that that was in the matrix mining chat if you want to google that and find more talk about that i think it happened like a couple days ago but yeah so basically um howard true said in the interview also that this miner is going to be just be more convenient if anything right instead of having to throw a bunch of cpus and motherboards down you could have a more convenient box that you place there I doubt that it has better power ratios. I doubt that they're getting better CPU deals from the manufacturer. But these are some ways that they could get, you know, cheaper hash price per hash ratio. And the price is out. So um, I don't think that there's, that this is really going to cause a big issue. But then that thing that Howard Chu said, if, if these are two-year-old ones, does that mean that they have new ones that they're using currently that are way better than these? Uh, well, his answer to that was not necessarily. Maybe they haven't okay. created new ones yet, but these are just now at the point where it's not worth it for them to just use them behind the scenes that they might as well start selling them. So they're just dumping uh, them on the market yeah. now Yeah, for probably oh, an exorbitant okay. price for right. what they're actually like right. worth. Oh, so. that makes sense. I feel bad for people buying this and it's like, they probably don't even clean it. You get, like a, you get something that looks used, but you're paying like 
uh, an exorbitant amount of money for it. I'm going to price. The price, I believe, is like 4000 I saw pre-order. Was that what you were getting, Tuxedo? tuxedo? Oh, 4000 Oh, uh, if it's That's actually 4000 it's not profitable like whatsoever. Uh, I saw on hashrate.no, the suggested price was $2,500. But even at that price, it was barely like barely profitable uh on a day but at and four this is grand. literally off of, off a of reddit post i found seven hours ago mm. on monero r slash monero mining it says around 4k so i don't this is it this is they, they have a link for viper viperatech.com you can place the pre-order i think so you know that's interesting yeah yeah, I'm so sure you ran your numbers, but from what I can see at four grand, it's basically not profitable. Yeah, no, that's what people saying on Reddit also. That's not, yeah. Like the ROI oh. is going to be so like long. It's by the time, oh, you hit that 1,000 day to where you're supposed to have made up your money, you know, it's not going to be as good. There's going to be so many changes and everything. It's, yeah, you're never going to hit that. Yeah, so this, not a threat to, in my opinion, not a threat, probably not a big deal. And I think the data shows that also. But if you want to help, you, you can also, if you want to help like fight centralization in general, which is good, you should probably, you know, you can always. <laughs> the wow. last game announcements, funny guys in the chat, but, <laughs> 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 but um, you should, you can mine Monero Lyra on anything that runs Linux, probably more, obviously, right? More things that run, run Linux. Cause, um, but you can mine it on your phone, Raspberry Pi. And and if you like I said, people are really into mind Monero at a loss. You know, just because we support the network and you need de- you need decentralization, you don't want to turn into big miners. You know, centralizing and requiring KYC. Like I think Bitcoin's like fifty percent of the mining pools are, require KYC, which is like yeah. not crazy. ridiculous. Like that's just it's crazy. Like I don't think they can even do that to Monero, even if they like because like yeah, try a, try. <laughs> yeah, we like no, we're not one, no. Yeah, try. <laughs> yeah, no. Which is so funny because I think my Monero's biggest feature is his culture because people are just not putting up with this. Like Bitcoiners are put up with like anything, dude. It's kind of, kind of ridiculous. I feel like Monero people are not going to KYC to mine to mine Monero. This makes no sense. Well, so, it's, like, it's just not going to arrive at that because once again, you're yeah. just, you're not going to have these super large mining companies that are mining Monero that are then yeah or these you know that are then going to implement these rules um yeah with these regulations another thing you, you mentioned possible tweaks to random x howard did talk mm-hmm. about two potential upcoming tweaks i forget exactly what they what they are uh but one of them would happen to make this bit bit main miner even less efficient than it already is not for that purpose uh it was for other purposes but the, mm-hmm. the effect is it will reduce its efficiency by something like 10 percent. so Oof. that's coming down the pipe for them as yeah well. and it's already like um i don't know if you saw the uh if you looked at that hash rate site digun mm-hmm. um but it was it suggested um at like granted you have like you know, you live in a spot in the world where you have like the cheapest electricity, right? So like 10 cents a kilowatt hour, which mm-hmm. that's not like as common anymore, especially in Europe. It's really expensive. At 10 cents a kilowatt hour with this machine, you would be making like $2 profit a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're paying, you're paying four grand to make $2 profit a day on Monero Random X. Yeah. I don't think these are going to be a threat. I- I'm going to let people chime in who are more experts, but from like, you know, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, this is and then to be fair, Bitmain never said it was an ASIC. They never said it, you know, yeah. they never advertises that. It's just it's kind of funny. Yeah, all, yeah. all that being said, Bitmain, if you're listening, we're 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 willing to take a sponsorship from you. They they actually reached out, <laughs> they reached out to us for Monerotopia in Mexico. Oh really? Wow. And they wanted to be a sponsor. Interesting. And we had 
two calls with them and we we're like, okay, you, you guys want to sponsor? Like you, you realize we're, we're ASIC resistant. So they're like, <laughs> oh, well, we're, we're developing uh, Monero ASIC. We're like, really? I'm like, okay. I'm like, that, that is huge news. I'm like, if you want to sponsor us by all means and, you know, come to the conference and present on your Monero ASIC. I'm like, people would love to hear this. And <laughs> the people I were talking to, I guess they were just part of the marketing side of things and not really the technical side because they had no understanding of random acts and the Jesus. like concepts of ASIC resistance. They were just like, no, we're, we know that people love Monero. So we want to just issue the, create this Monero ASIC, but yeah, uh, no. I'm actually, I just, I just uh, DM them right now. Cause I'm trying to maybe <laughs> get them to do a show or something. I mean, no, I know it's just, it's just, it has to be frustrating to do, to do all this stuff and, and get like these kind of results out of it. But you know, they, you know, they know what they're doing. They're engineers. But today, so we're going to have the Monero mining quiz. Sorry, I may have had a misspelling. But the first question is, who hosts the Monero P2P pool bonus raffle? Who hosts that? And the bonus raffle is basically a way to incentivize P2P pool usage. So people, I think, I think donations are pretty much fund this pool. And then basically it, it helps you, more incentivizes you to do P2P pool versus centralized mining. Do you all know who runs this raffle? I didn't even know there was a thing going on. There's a, an extra Either. raffle bonus that you get. I think with that's cool. XMR. Is that is that the final answer? Anyone Somebody else? Is saying yeah, I honestly don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, the people at home got it. it uh, yeah. This one was XMR. I didn't know how to space out their name. So XMR versus Bs, VSBs. I didn't know how to say it. But yeah, I think it's been running for around a year at least. I think I saw a Reddit post someone announcing it. Zopi Park got it. So Zopi Park, if you uh, post a Monero address and we'll, we'll, we'll send you a little, send you a little tip there. Oh, wow. I'd... A little okay. prize. For... <laughs> or giving away prizes yeah. one in the quiz now, huh? Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll throw oh, yeah. them. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you I mean, go. Don't, don't expect much, but you know. <laughs> well, uh, I, I threw a bonus round in, Doug. Hope that's okay. Hopefully that doesn't... <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yeah, it does like... Oh, oh he's got to do another awesome. giveaway now. <laughs> All right, let's do a bonus round. But yeah, so you should you should do P2P pool, of course. It's, it's really cool software. You only need, I think, the bare minimum, like six megabytes of RAM to use it at the very lowest setting. It's actually beautiful software. So you should mine P2P pool all day. Don't use centralized miners. But next question is, which pool is the biggest? Monero Ocean, XMR, VSB, Nano Pool, or Support XMR? First one to guess in the Nano. comments. Let's say first one to guess in the comments that gets it correct. Anybody? Anyone. And you might have heard about it in the news. I think they recently had like over 51%, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been them. So yeah, I think we really about not good for the week, network. Yeah, yeah, I actually did. So who who currently has the biggest pool? I took a screenshot last night. So oh, as yeah. Last night. Got the oh. first one. Yes. Hopefully they, they aren't Googling me. That would be, be a little cheap. Hey, gang, no. Got it. Nano pool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pool. Post your That's Monero like, address. So as of yeah. last oh. night, they, Nano pool has 26%. Support XMR has 20%. So Alaska A9 was close. And I think, unfortunately, P2P pools around, I want to say like 8 9%. So, you know need to get more decentralized mining up but this is just a quick overview into Monero the fluctuations mining. are pretty insane yeah it's on nanopole it's crazy yeah it flips really fast because they were the ones that had the 51 percent, right last yeah they did and week? then like within a day it went from like 36 percent to 51 percent. it's like cra- that must have been uh bitmain just flipping all their their uh monero miners on at the same time just that once just turning them all on <laughs> <laughs> yeah um 
And then they, they literally just take, turn, take them from the wall, throw it in a box, and add some like tissue, and they ship it straight to you. So that's what you'll be buying with the new miner. But to wrap up, um, these could be a problem. No, but they could be a problem. You should watch the interview. Really good interview. Like I said, Howard True is is like chef kiss. I mm-hmm. amazing interview. You should definitely watch it. Doug asked really good questions. And once again, you can mine Monero on anything. It's how you can help TLDR. You know, you, you're not gonna make money, but you're gonna help this support the Monero network, which is supporting liberty and freedom. You're not gonna get 212 kilohashes a second on your Android phone. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Because I don't know what you even get on your Android phone. I haven't tried on the phone. I tried on these little computers I have. I think I got like maybe like a hundred, like not that much, but yeah. So you, you you won't make money, but you'll support the network. That's pretty much it. And I think that's it for me. Hopefully the guests come up next. I don't want to take too much time. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was great, and I'm sure we'll continue to chat about it uh, when mm-hmm. we have viewers on stage. I see Zappapack did post his address. What is the easiest way for me to get this guy? Because now it's a pain in the ass. How do I like copy that? Maybe I should have. Um... Uh, go to just go to um. Open the YouTube link and copy it from the comment directly. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. We'll oh, do that. All right, so we'll probably do that after the show. Sunita, are you? Listening? I'll, I'll have Sunita do it. All right, yeah. Moving on, moving on. Thank you so much, Digu. Yep, Please thanks, stick around Digu. if you can mm-hmm. for the viewers on stage, so we could all chat about the news together. Have a good day. You too, man. Always choosing the right topics. Yeah, keep it around. Um. All right, I guess it's time to go to our guest segment. Let's do it. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. All right, all right, Alex, Ooh. what's going on, man? Hey, say I say hello to everyone, and uh, yeah, nice show. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you've been on. We had you on Monero Talk, right? We did a full Monero Talk. Yes, exactly. That's yeah, that was a lot. Uh, quite a was, while. Is that like a year ago? Uh, not a year. Uh, uh, nearly this year, I would say, mm. winter time. Uh, and last time we saw us this was on the MoneroCon in Prague. Yes. Uh, yes. End of June. Uh, exactly. Yes, that was fun. That was fantastic, right? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. And uh, when I saw the the charts from before, uh, what what's its name? Body. Yes. Um, uh, he he goes to the Monero transaction, and uh, it's um, mainly on the twenty k line uh, p- per day. So, uh, but on the Monero con, it was forty uh, k. So I, yeah, there's a nice little boost there. Yeah, no. and was, yeah, and I remember this boost. So uh, I drank drank a lit- lot of beer there and paid with Monero and uh, <laughs> have a good time. So this was uh, was very good, but also uh, it was all, only uh, um, yeah, or say uh, only one event who doubled the whole transaction limit uh, transactions of Monero, and uh, so I was a little bit um, wary about the adoption of uh, of Monero, and uh, I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of um, um, things. Or uh, Monero is so ready when I see. Um, 25,000 uh, nodes are there. We, we we could handle a lot of transactions, but it's only 20K a day. So um, yeah. hopefully we get this um, a little bit more adoption here. So, and then... yeah, we, we, we saw this, we saw the same thing for Monerotopia. We saw a bump in transaction ah. count, significant. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's nice to see those bumps, but I guess it's also almost kind of, troubling right it's like wow just a small event like this is affecting the price 
Um, I would see the silver lining in that, right? That shows that shows that we have this ability to very easily grow usage if we all just start consciously using it, right? So during an event, we're, we're all consciously using it. We just need to carry that throughout our throughout our lives, right? We need to leave from those events and continue to just try to live off of Monero, which is easier said than done. But I think we're starting to build the infrastructure for that. So what what are some of your ideas? What are you thinking of in terms of things we can do to start getting people to use Monero on a daily basis? Yeah, I thought about that a lot. And uh, I think the main key uh, uh, is here to get the merchants into the boat. So um, I also recommend uh, to watch the, your last Monero talk with uh, Howard Cho. And he was, uh, as you, as you um, asked him uh, at the end of the show, uh, what uh, he sees uh, should be better in, in the Monero space. And he uh, answered uh, the adoption. Yes, So we need uh, 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 more adoption. And I think um, you can only get adoption with the merchants. And I thought about uh, what, what, is, uh, what are the low-hanging fruits here. So um, you have um, a whole eco-space of merchants. So you have uh, merchants offline, you have merchants online, you have uh, little merchants, big merchants. So you have uh, retailers or service providers and and so on so it's a there's a huge field of uh, merchants who um, yeah getting payments uh, on the daily basis and uh, need uh, some money to do that and uh, uh, sure when you are on the online space um, you need a digital money and therefore monero is uh, very good and we or we can see that in the black market it's uh, there is an adoption there so this this works and um, so, all, so when you do some stuff or service on, on, online, you can easily um, do that uh, with Monero. And um, I, I, um, I thought about, about um, but I thought about uh, how can I survive with Monero? So um, when I uh, need food, as yes, I um, mainly go here to the, the weekly merchant uh, in, the, in the city. And around the corner, I have also a little supermarket or corner shop. And I want to, to get them into uh, uh, Monero. And that, so I thought about uh, how can I get them and uh, created a little uh, flyer or booklet, uh, Monero for merchants, um, to get the, the low hanging food. So people who are actually in, in our in, in these times dealing uh, with cash uh, uh, still, and um, how can can I get them? And um, so I yeah, created this uh, little thing, and it's uh, already there for um, English, German. And yesterday I received a translation for Italian. And um, sweet, yeah. Can you bring it up? You have it on your screen because it's pretty easy to share here. Um, you see the little see. present. Present. There's a present button on the bottom with the plus sign. Yeah. Just make sure you don't share anything on your screen that you don't want to show. I don't know if this works. Uh, we should see it pop up. Oh. Oh, yep. Yep. Hey, there we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I um, created a repository on GitHub. Uh, GitHub because uh, I don't like Microsoft as well, but um, GitHub is uh, the, the most popular space where people can contribute. And um, yeah, this actually... Uh, uh, was a good idea because we we got the Italian uh, translation. So um, 
it's not a huge thing. So uh, I uh, created uh, um, somehow in the corporate style of Monero with um, the, the colors and uh, the four, what was a century, century Gothic, um, and uh, created this uh, flyer for uh, maybe two or three hours and uh, put this on, on the Twitter space or X space and uh, got a, a lot of response also on Nostra and um, uh, the, the response on Nostra was um, sometimes uh, really uh, very useful and uh, very um, uh, comprehensive. So um, I got a lot of links and tips and how we could do uh, things better and also um, spelling things or uh, how. And um, if some, some author or some uh, designer or some marketing guys are hearing this show, so uh, you are welcome to, to give you input. So every input is uh, um, uh, needed. And uh, I, I like to, to do that not only on myself. So uh, bring a lot of people together here or um, you can contribute with translations and everything. Yeah, guys. Uh, so, how do people reach? What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to help? I guess they just go to that GitHub, right? Um, yes, exactly. GitHub. So, on X, you you see my account, and I will post uh, here and then uh, tweets about uh, this this project. And on GitHub, um, you, you can find me on the same handle like on X. Uh, uh, A Schmidt uh, one zero two four, mm -hmm. and uh, then uh, go to my last repository, and this is uh, Monero for Merchants. And then you can can see that. Huh? But uh, maybe I can uh, just put it. Can, can I do that? Yes, on on X I just send it. I think I think a, a good next step once you have the pamphlet finalized would obviously be giving it a go, right? Getting people to print these out and testing it out, and then seeing what kind of feedback you're getting from the merchants. Yes to see then how it needs to be tweaked a little bit further and then coming up with a good process and even script that people can use when they approach these stores. So we kind of whittle down the best sales pitch to make yes. when, you approach, when you approach somebody cold, you walk into, yeah. you know, the pizza restaurant and you're trying to get them, you know, and try to kind of really iron out what the, what the sales pitch can be to get people to commit. Yeah, sure. That was, would be uh, the best case, I would say. And uh, the idea behind this flyer is um, to ship it uh, with uh, two uh, stickers. Uh, we accept Monero, and I think this is uh, what uh, this is all about. Uh, uh, a merchant, at least a merchant who uh, is dealing with cash on a daily basis, needs. Um, he, he has to be um, convinced in somehow about uh, accepting a new payment method. And then when he is going this step, um, bring it um, to, to his customers. And um, so I thought uh, about the stickers, we accept Monero. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, the, the lowest, yeah, the low hanging food, I would say here. So uh, this is uh, everyone can do is uh, even introvert, I would say, can take this flyer and the stickers and go to the favorite uh, uh, shop or um, yeah, uh, corner shop and um, um, and ask them, maybe you, you want to uh, know about a new payment system or the, uh, the best entry point I would say is if they introduce a new payment system, then you can just uh, uh, um, jump in and, and ask him why not Monero uh, 
be beside this. Yes. And um, yeah, um, the, the flyer is one. Yeah. Obviously, I think some of the feedback you're going to get is people being like, "All right, well then, you know, what do I do with the Monero?" We we, we were talking about all these things on that space yes. the other day, right? Um, yes. how, how do I turn it into dollars? Exactly. Uh, so I, I know there's people working on that. I, I know Cake is even, I think, working on a, a way to integrate to make it easy for people to essentially turn Monero into dollars on the spot by integrating with Kraken. Um, all those loops need to be closed <laughs> eventually, right, to, to bring people on. Unless you find a passionate Monero believer, and then obviously they'll just be willing to accept Monero, right? And they'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll just hold it as Monero. But we need to kind of figure out that last mile problem, right? So the, the, pizza, the pizza place may be like, okay, but now what do I do? What do I do with this Monero? I got to go buy mozzarella cheese and I got to go buy, <laughs> I got to go buy, I got to pay my yes. employees. They're not willing, they're not accepting Monero. So what do I do? And then we, we need an answer for that or a solution for that. Yes, exactly. Uh, the best case would be um, the, uh, we have we create an ecosystem um, where you only need or you can only uh, do it with Monero. But uh, we are far away from that, and so we need this uh, API with the fiat money system. And um, yeah, I'm totally with you. So um, they they receive Monero. So how can they uh, pay her the, the rent of the store? or whatever and um, yeah it's still possible to uh, change uh, fiat money to Monero so Kraken you can do that and uh, if this would be something uh, uh, I didn't know that uh, Cake is uh, working on it this would be great yes but um, Mika is also um, coming to force in 2024 mm. and I think we don't have much time really do that in this way where you can receive uh, Monero and make it like uh, some automatic um, change with uh, a central exchange so this um, the central exchange uh, Monero will disappear from the central exchange, and so we are we are, we don't have so much time to do that and in this way, and they we have to find uh, other ways. So, You're saying with the with the new Mika Mika regulations, basically we're not going to see Monero on exchanges in Europe anymore. Not uh, in Europe and and not uh, not on central exchange. Sure, the decentral exchanges like BISC or local Monero still exist, and you can do that there. But this is not not so uh, convenient for for the people or for merchants who um, dive into the Monero space for the first time. So then, ha what what are you in your mind seeing being the the solution for for like <laughs> Europe? Is it is it that we need to get these these merchants to realize? That they might just want to accept Monero natively and just yes. Uh, th therefore, it's also the flyer. It's also for uh, information sharing, and um, they have to realize, and they can only realize if you uh, um, get the information. And I think um, yes, I'm I'm working on the right now on my presentation for the next week on the Monero meetup. So we we need more Monero meetups. We need more person-to-person -person, um, uh, meetings. And um, maybe um, I'm, I'm asking, um, considering out loud here, um, some some meetups for merchants only. So they have uh, special interests, not only uh, the, the end consumer. I think uh, really the 
target should be uh, the merchants and uh, the merchants uh, self we should uh, get some some types of merchants where we can target so this flyer is only actually i ho only had my corner shop in, in mind uh, when i did this flyer but we have so um, different um, situations of merchants so um, this cannot be uh, not one flyer can fit here uh, them all and uh, so we need more information more sharing and i think offline sharing uh, especially we have all the information online um, but also um, some yeah some prepared uh, information only for merchants is also still missing so maybe the um, you 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 find the or you you already uh, read um, the the website on this flyer monero eco and um, i'm working with uh, another guy krisha um, on on this um, to, to uh, create a website only for for merchants or um, yeah yeah to to give them information they need uh, do you uh, do you have on the flyer uh, what do i do with my monero now that i received it do you have is that included like what how do i what do i now that i got my monero what do i do with it is that yeah, uh, first thing is um, how can I accept that, and uh, what is what are my benefits? Yes, uh, um, yes, you, you can uh, reach uh, ideological uh, prepared <laughs> merchants, but um, also um, when you you offer them a, pre um, a, compar a comparison with uh, Visa transactions or other online transactions, and at Z you can save money with with Monero transaction. I think this is uh, an aspect which, which uh, should be more. A prominent uh, somehow uh, on a website or on a flyer and then uh, how can i uh, what can i do that yes that's uh, that's also a thing yes sure yeah and um, you have to introduce them um, you can go now you can go uh, to kraken uh, uh, still but uh, also the, the the local monero or the bisque uh, thing um, how how they can do that or handle that or uh, what are our recommend Recommendation to do that. So, should they change on the daily basis, on the weekly basis? So, you, you're going to include that likely on the flyer somewhere. Like, uh, you know, go, you can go to local Monero, you go to Bisque or something. To... Yeah, I don't know. I cannot uh, do so much on the flyer. You a little spaces, but um, they make and, out and... second flyers. So, like, if people want, they can print two different ones, like that have right. different information on them. Right now, yeah, that, I, I, like someone suggested yeah. in the comments, like adding a QR code for um, the wallet apps, you know, some stuff. But I mean, obviously, the more you add to it, the more messy it will get and convoluted. So, yeah, I understand what you want for making it minimalistic and not uh, overloading with uh, what you have. Yeah, there. but it's a good idea to have a variant. So for this uh, merchant, this flyer, for this type of merchant, this flyer, I think this is the way to go. And uh, the details, the very detailed uh, information should be only on website. So if you have the interest of uh, the awareness of a merchant and uh, he want to uh, know more, then the, the, the natural thing is to, to open the web uh, browser and, and putting in Monero Eco. And um, yeah, and then we have to... Um, bring him through the whole line yes so um, accepting uh, changing fiat money maybe um, building another ecosystem um, with other merchants and so on very cool man so you're, you're gonna stay focused on this project for for some time what do you think so, yeah, so this is something I do beside my usually work, yes. But yeah. uh, I am, um, you, you know me, I, I'm 
also a um, individual and uh, idealistic Monero user. So uh, mm -hmm. my heart is uh, uh, on this, and uh, so I I I do that. And yes, this this project will is now born. We'll see. How, Beautiful. How and it's right. it's obviously open source, right? So so people can you know adjust the pamphlet as the, as they may want to use it where they are, right? Or things that they may want to do. I, yeah, I've um, I've did that with the Canva.com. I don't know if you know that. So uh, I cannot have this. Um, the... Oh, Canva. Oh, yeah, that's how I made the um, the Minotopia book. Looks knows it all so well. Right? And. Yeah, I have the PDF. You can use the PDF and do whatever you. And uh, I'm also open for um, doing other stuff into into it or making variants. So um, yeah, it should be something uh, everyone can download it and uh, make some copies offline or in, in, in his favorite print store, and then um, yeah, go go out with. Is there anything on Monero.eco yet, or is that site not up yet? Uh, um, I'm working on this uh, right now with Krisha, and nice. um, we want to uh, put there some some comparison with Visa and other payment methods and um, the, the advantages of Monero. And um, yes, we have to um, put the, the flyer or the, the booklet also into it. And um, yeah. So is that going to be the place where people go and it has like all the extra information, like what do you do with your Monero, how to convert it to USD if you want, if you have to, like, is that where it's going yes, to have exactly. all its stuff? So every question, what uh, could pop up for a merchant should be answered there. And um, yeah, it's, it's some, something huge, I would say, but uh, step by step, we, we want to get there and have a... Uh, um, address for merchants to dive into the Monero race. That's awesome. I mean, this is such a simple thing, but like <laughs> no one's really done it yet, and it's a really good idea. So it's cool to see how you're bringing people together, like you know, just by making this little pamphlet. Yes, awesome. that's uh, yeah. I, I'm also surprised uh, about uh, the the uh, right. You you just think feedback. so. It would already have been done, but it's like, you know, it's little things. Like, it's a good lesson for the Monero community, right? So anybody's out there listening to this and is like wondering, what can I do to help? Don't, don't, don't assume that people have already worked on the things that seem so obvious. And even if they have, do your own version, right? Uh, just go out. More is better. Yeah, we have so great uh, technique. We have uh, such a, a huge uh, technical uh, uh, knowledge into Monero with uh, cryptography and uh, doing and the decentralized stuff. And when you listen to Howard Chu, very intelligent people are uh, working on this, but uh, the, the marketing uh, section somehow sucks on Monero. <laughs> so this is, uh, uh, every, everyone can do something. I want to say and uh, dive into this project as well. It's not uh, my my only baby. Yes, it's uh, for everyone. And uh, I yeah, love to see this flying around. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'll definitely be using this soon. There's this um, there's this one corner shop. It's like a local shop. They sell um, like a lot of local mm -hmm. food and stuff. Uh, groceries. They sell like raw dairy and all that. And last time I went, um, the owner was willing to accept gold bags. Uh, so step two is Monero, which obviously is a lot harder because there's, you know, you can't take something. You got to set some stuff up. But uh, I think this pamphlet would be helpful and just like, oh, here, take a look at this kind of thing. Uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. He sounds like a prime customer, man. You should definitely be <laughs> right. If he's, if he's down for gold backs, you should be. down. Oh, for yeah. Gold. No, it's the kind of um, uh, the people who own it. They're the kind of people that are like interested in this kind of thing. So I, I think they would already probably 
uh, be willing to accept Monero, but like this will help onboarding because like even if they want to, it's like maybe they haven't used crypto at all before, so it might be a little bit a uh, a little bit of a, a challenge. Um, but yeah, stuff like this is like easy uh, to just help people to uh, on their own time. They can just look at this and you know get the uh, get the information about what it is and mm. what's good about it. I mean, there's a bunch of thoughts I have. You know, I've obviously been thinking about this for a very long time myself too. And one one of the issues is when people finally do agree to accept it, then does anybody walk in the door and spend Monero, right? And then it's like it gets forgotten. Uh, we've seen that with Bitcoin and other cryptos. And that's kind of part of the issue too. So it's like you get the merchant to agree to do it and then he never gets any customers. And by the time somebody does come in willing to spend, like they've already forgotten or the person who's working at the... As, as, who's the clerk that day doesn't even know what the hell you're talking about and they're like oh but you have the sticker on your window and like oh what like we put that sticker up there six months ago i don't even know what monero is so there's 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 that issue which is hard um that's why i think things like xmr bizarre too are are really maybe we'll, we'll hopefully see some early traction because it's corralling rounding up all the early adopters that are already into monero that are looking to live off of it or looking to earn it by doing things for you know for monero but i you know i don't think it hurts going down this road but i I do think that's one of the issues too right like getting now people to then spend the monero uh at these places because there's only so many monero you know unless you're doing it in locations where you have some kind of dense crypto population uh like we're seeing in parts of argentina now hopefully popping up Mm. Uh, i know new hampshire there's areas in new hampshire where they're very uh aware of crypto i don't know where where you are i assume right there might be like a nice little uh area where people are actually already using and aware of crypto alex is that is that the case or no not so much i'm i'm booking on it (laughs) yeah you are yeah yeah well you got to start somewhere you got to start somewhere And, so, and another, uh, another thought too is, uh, and obviously this has been discussed, but if everybody's going out there trying to get these businesses on board, then we need some kind of centralized map or thing that's showing the the different businesses that have agreed to accept. Which I assume that yeah. that's what your website's looking to do as well, right? This is uh, also a good thing: is a, a map with with uh, Monero accepted stores here. That uh, is a, a great thing, or would be a great thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Good stuff. So, um, give it a try. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, please. Uh, I hope you stick with it and then pop in any time to give us updates or anything that you think you need help with. We can continue to put the word out to the Monero community. Oh, cool. um, yeah, we'd love to continue to hear from you and see how it progresses. But st- stick around if you can a little bit because I think now we'll bring, we'll bring up the viewers. Tux, why don't we do that? We'll bring up the viewers if anybody wants to, to jump into the convo. All right. Um, so we jump into the viewers on stage segment. Do that. All right, sweet. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All right. If you're backstage, just let me know uh, if you want to come up. All right, XMR Pirates. Sweet. Yeah. People, come on up. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey. First time I made it to the live show. So uh, just want to say uh, many thanks to you guys. And really, I hope the background noise is not too loud. It's a little loud, but we, right we appreciate now. you jumping on. Yeah. 
Go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting right now in Brazil in a restaurant. But uh, just just want to say uh, many thanks uh, to your work, Douglas, and your team. Uh, really, I'm following you since two years, and you really, really motivate me and I guess a lot of the uh, members of the community, like how to feel Monero, how to see it. Just want to say many, many thanks from the bottom of my heart. It's like awesome. really, really good, re really good uh, content you're putting out and a lot of free information and I think I think we're on a good way. I think we're on a good way, and we'll see. Like this this talk we had about the merchants, so maybe you know, uh, I'm I'm right now in Brazil talking with a lot of guys and Mensch Monero, uh, also in China and and a lot of other countries where I'm traveling. And most of the people they don't know, but like I would say like like we have it with COVID. You know, there is a lot of restrictions and 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 people uh, want to way other other ways. They want to use other ways. And I think Monero is ready for it. And, and yeah, looking forward, actually, it's not, not a good situation when people have to use it. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. because they are restricted to, to uh, somehow. But I think we are ready. And yeah, technology will evolve and people hopefully too. Yeah. Thanks again. And that's awesome. Man. That's with me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank hopefully you so much. Hopefully we see us on a, on a show. Yeah. Thank you so much for live. calling in. Yeah. I, thank you for putting on. I appreciate this. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, th I think the time is now, right? It feels like Monero has, is only is only growing stronger. The community is only growing stronger. I mean, you could see that anecdotally from from this show itself, right? New new faces, new people jumping on all the time, new ideas. Uh, when when I first started Monero talk, people were like, "Well, how how are you going to do a show every week on Monero? Like, there's not much to talk about." And that is absolutely not the case. Um, and it's just going to exponentially grow from here. Thank you so much, man, for jumping on. Appreciate that. Alaska Aina, what's going on, man? I'm having a great day. You probably know that already. <laughs> you always <laughs> are. Man. It's you a great are. day. <laughs> I thought I would share another interesting anecdotal story. Um, as you might imagine, I, I talk about Monero a lot. <laughs> and um, so some friends of mine from Hawaii we're going through all of these hoops and hurdles. It's not even another country, supposedly, although um, they were trying to send money to people in uh, in Hawaii and they're actually banned from sending it over. Like you can't use PayPal, you can't use Visa, you can't use anything to just buy stuff for them, but they will allow you to mail them gift cards because mm. people are able to spend gift cards down there for like rationed stuff. Um, but some people who I've known for years and years and have heard me talk about Monero over and over again, all of the sudden, there's this incredible value proposition that affects them directly, right? I want to be able to get money to my loved ones who are trapped in Hawaii and they're, they're native Hawaiians who live up here, which there's a lot of those. Um, and now the questions start rolling in. And then that's, you know, obviously not being like, ha ha, I told you so or something, because a lot of the time people aren't willing to learn about something until it affects them directly. Like how many times have you learned about a car part after it breaks down in your car? Right. Uh, it's the same thing with these people now. And so all of the sudden, the interest in creating a circular economy and so on just starts flowing. And the irony of you talking about uh, uh, buying eggs Right. It's we have a group chat where people buy eggs all the time with Monero or with gold or with silver or what. Um, 
but yeah, it started the way that you're starting it. Like, why can't I just get eggs that aren't garbage? <laughs> so um, I think so many of us who see so far ahead for all of these different value propositions, we just need to remember that it happens one bite at a time and that we'll get there. Beautiful, man. Inspirational as always. Um, let's jump to the news. And if you guys can hang out with us, uh, XMR Pirate, if you can hang out with us too, uh, you're more than welcome. And anybody else that still wants to jump up, please do. We'll add you. And we can go through the news a little bit and we can all chime in there. All right, let's go into that. And now for our weekly news segment. Unfortunately, Tony's not here this morning, uh, so I will be sharing the news. Let's do it. Let me bring up my screen share here. All right. What do we got? What do we got? All right. Um, so first first thing we got, um, this is just what you sent, Doug. Uh, Chainalysis, the Theranos of blockchain forensics. Evidence is mounting, mounting that Chainalysis blockchain forensics heuristics may be more of a swindle than a science. Yeah, so we've been hearing this quite a bit from Arctic Mine, and this is uh, it's kind of catching catching wind in the Bitcoin community, and it's coming out of the uh, that case. What it, what is the name of the? I'm sorry, the name of the case. Um, I don't know if you scroll down in the article. I forget the name of the the court uh, case. U.S. versus uh, Sterlingov. Yes, yes, yes. So we've we've had uh, Tor Erklund. They they spoke at Monerotopia. They're that was f- a really good talk to listen to. Yep, they're they're the firm that's that's fighting this case. That's um, representing the defendant who was allegedly running a Bitcoin mixer. And what's what's interesting about the case is basically on trial isn't just Sturgenoff, but the but what's also on trial is chain analysis itself and determining whether or not it's actually viable and should and could be used for uh, tracing people's uh, transactions and then using in a court of law to basically find them guilty of, of certain crimes, right? So. That that's really the most interesting aspect of this case, and not to belittle, uh, you know, the defendant here, who, uh, in according to Tor Erkland, is you know is is certainly innocent. Um, but so somebody came out and wrote an article because I believe the the expert's opinion was released, which was done by, which I was surprised to learn. Maybe we could uh, actually do a whole Monero talk show on this now that it's developed more. Uh, but the expert opinion was done by what's the name of the Cipher Trace? It was uh, so a lot of us are familiar with Cipher Trace. They're actually owned by Visa. Cipher Trace is the chain analysis firm that's claimed to have been able to trace Monero transactions. Um, but they were the expert that issued their opinion here, and basically, in their words, uh, saying that you know chain analysis. The chain analysis that's that that's being done that was that was done in this case um, essentially shouldn't be trusted. Uh, so it's it's interesting. We're seeing developments there. It's what Arctic Mine has been saying all along. He was uh, uh, an expert witness in this case. Maybe we. I don't know if he's out there right now. If he is, he could jump on. He could give us uh, the yeah, best. Yeah, you could totally talk. have um, like a dedicated Monero talk. Just we'll to have talk. a dedicated Monero yeah. talk. But we're, 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 this is something that's been developing now, and uh, Monero has been on the forefront of it, which is interesting, right? Because it's 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 about Bitcoin chain analysis, but really it's like coming out of the Monero community, 
um, where they really have a close eye on this and uh, we're, we're prosecuting chain analysis itself and determining whether or not it's viable and should be used in the court of law. So keep an eye yeah, on this. What I've that's seen people um, mention more and more is that, oh, I mean, like, you know, like with what Arctic Mine had been saying is that even with Bitcoin, it's like the, the software they're using, it's like it's already an issue for the fact that, um, you know, it's like they've got this black box of proprietary software they're using that has embedded that the government is using to charge people with that we don't even know if it's like it's good. But based on what Arctic Mine, a lot of people have been continually starting to say is that they can't even really uh, do this with Bitcoin that well. And like, of course, the claims of like CypherTrace being able to trace Monero transactions, those are dubious. They have nothing to back it up. Uh, but even with Bitcoin, it's like they're even having trouble doing that reliably. So it just goes to show that like people shouldn't be getting charged based on these uh, companies using their uh, hidden software. There's a couple things that um, so I read the article maybe slightly differently than um, than y'all are describing it right now. The the way that I read it was that CypherTrace was, as an expert witness, was criticizing the specific method that was used here to bring the case against Roman Sterling, uh, Sterling off. Uh -huh. And they were saying, listen, this particular method that y'all are using has a significant um, false positive rate and that it's like you, they shouldn't be using it. They haven't validated it. They can't prove that this model is actually good. Um, but then they mentioned some other models that they said, listen, this model is significantly better. Um, incorporating this data is, is also better. Um, and then uh, I think later on at the end of the article, there was something about saying, listen, this chain analysis can be used to um, like as an, an investigatory lead. Like, OK, here's here's a place you can look. Here's something that could exist. Um, again, it's, you know, in a lot of cases, it's probabilistic. In a lot of cases, it's not right. Like with the um, I forget the guy's name, but the guy that lifted 50,000 silk. Uh, 50,000 Bitcoins off Silk Road and kept his privacy for 10 years and then accidentally pwned himself with a change address for 0 0.07 Bitcoin. Chain analysis found him and that was like very clear, right? That that, that was him because that change address was associated with um, a known identity that he had on an exchange. So I, I think that it's what they're saying, like they're criticizing the specific um, algorithm that these guys used and they're criticizing the fact that the government came and used this one thing, which was very unreliable, um, to, to create the entire case and bring that as the primary evidence in the case when they're saying, listen, it's more like it's an investigatory aid. You can use this to go find um, other evidence and then bring that evidence at trial. But I don't think that CypherTrace would claim that um, chain right. analysis and Bitcoin is bunk. Yeah, I mean, that they're in the business of chain analysis. So that, that's why I was, I was kind of surprised to see they're the expert witness. But they're, it's kind of like chain analysis company versus chain analysis company, right? So they're saying like, yeah, the, the, the methods you used suck, right? They're competing for those government dollars. But in, in doing so, they've kind of debunked, they're starting to debunk chain analysis in general. Um, that that's, that's what this article is alluding to. See, that's, I didn't read the article that way. I just, I read it that they were debunk, debunking that one particular method that they're bringing, <clears throat> that they brought to bear in court um, as the prosecution. Well, I mean, Whereas, even the title of the article is evidence is mounting that chain analysis, blockchain forensic heuristics may be more of a swindle than a science. I mean, it's, you know, it's Bitcoin That's magazine. So obviously yeah. they're going to put some shill kind of title up there. But I mean, it, they talk about later on in that same article, they talk about a different technique that they say is reliable. Chain and uh, uh, Cypher Trace saying like this one has been validated. This model actually is really good and can tell you stuff. So article, I, I just I don't. 
I don't Arctic think it's clear cut to say chain analysis is good, like it works or it doesn't work. I think it's like kind of a, this nuanced topic. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Uh, but there is there is a uh, a section of of people that are, are making this argument, right? That it's uh, pseudoscience, and Arctic Mine is 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 one of them. He he doesn't believe in you know he doesn't think he thinks these chain uh, chain analysis companies are basically doing voodoo science here. Um, I think I I personally fall on I don't know and I, I believe body I think that's essentially what you're saying on the side of that chain analysis works to a degree maybe some of these companies aren't doing it correctly uh, but I certainly think it works uh, especially like given that example you gave and I'm constantly talking to Arctic about this and really trying to understand where he's coming from uh, but I'm still on the side of chain analysis works. And, and and is being used to track and trace Bitcoin transactions and make it, um, you know, prone to surveillance. There's a really good metaphor for this where I don't know if you guys have ever had that friend who is so smart, he's too smart for his own good. And he'll sit there and explain to you why you can't do something while you're doing it and like finish successfully. Right. It's kind of an inversion of that where. These people are saying because math, because math, but the reality is um, the, the, the real world application of people's ability to transact offline is already just like this massive hindrance to the range of efficacies that's possible. David? <laughs> I also uh, do wonder, what do they use? Like, what kind of techniques might they have when they synthesize data from the NSA and ISPs and all that kind of stuff that they don't want to bring to court, right? Like it, this whole trial was kind of weird. And I remember I talked to with Tor for like almost an hour um, at Monerotopia, um, really smart guy, really cool guy. And uh, it was just so weird, like that they would continue bringing this case because it's almost to their own detriment to do it. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like this case is hurting their credibility significantly. You would think they wouldn't do it. Is hurting the credibility of of the prosecutor of the government of chain analysis, right? Of of all of it. Mm. Okay. All of that credibility they have, yeah. Yeah. We we need to we need to do another show on this. Maybe we get Tor back on. Um and maybe Arctic. That'd be great. Get an update on that. But it seems to be a developing concept of this attacking the uh you know, attacking chain analysis and We'll, we'll see where it goes. Next, we've got a post from Suther Privacy. Terrifying reality when a modern country can execute a man for simply speaking out against this country online. Yet another reminder, use pseudonyms plus Tor if you're in, a, in an oppressive regime to get the word out. Saudi man received death penalty for a post online. Latest case and ride ranging crackdown on descent. A Saudi court has sentenced a man to death over his posts on X, formerly known as Twitter, and his activity on YouTube, the latest in a widening crackdown on dissent in the kingdom that has drawn international criticism. The judgment against Mohammed bin Nassar al-Ghamdi, seen Wednesday by the Associated Press, comes against the backdrop of doctoral student Salma al-Shahab and others facing decades-long prison sentences over their comments online. So it looks like this guy uh, has... um. I guess he's uh, he's made some posts that his um his government doesn't like very much, and now uh, he's uh, he's going to get charged for that. Um, and I'm trying; I'm not sure what the actual um, what the actual posts were. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But point is, 
uh, you know, we're seeing the worst of totalitarian governments taking advantage of social media. Let's not forget that oh, the petrodollar and a lot of this uh, The charges levied against Al-Ghadmi include betraying his religion and disturbing the security of society. So very uh, broad, uh, <laughs> conspiring against the government and impunging the kingdom and the crown prince. <laughs> uh, all for his activity online that involved resharing critics' posts. Uh, so maybe he wasn't even making these posts himself. So it says resharing critics' posts. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely uh, not very great. Yeah, you know, it it really obviously to just to bring it back to Monero since it's Monero talk, like it just shows you how these uh, the financial systems that prop up these regimes. I mean, the petrodollar it's has given them so much power that they can just literally execute people to protect their egos for years to come. Um, and it all boils down to one group's ability to just print money and then, you know, pay soldiers to fight wars all around the world on behalf of Saudi royalty and banking cartels. And they like a lot of these problems just shrink to such a such a like on such a massive scale. These problems would not exist if there was real sound money because the economic viability of murdering people for insulting you is not there. Oh yeah. And I, uh, yeah, this guy, he's, he's sentenced to death. And I guess that's, um, that's an escal escalation of what they, uh, had done previously, uh, which is lengthy prison sentences for people, which is already like, you know, not, not, not a free country whatsoever, but now they're just straight up killing people, which is really, uh, that's really, um, it's pretty messed up. Um, and social media is making it easier for them to do so. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. What's What's the next one? We'll, we'll keep moving through. I think we got yep. a bunch. Oh, from you. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Elon promise. Musk. When will he integrate WorldCoin? Because uh, Elon Musk seems to be um, very obsessed with turning X into this everything app where just everything's built in and as that happens it's continually starting to get worse in terms of what they want to get from people in terms of data uh and elon this from this business insider article says elon musk's x x will store users biometric data and education history uh and yeah so Doug's like when the world 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 coin integration it makes sense <laughs> that's yeah, I basically what, what <laughs> i mean this is uh, you know, we, we understand what he's trying to do. He's yeah, he's trying to make it an everything app, and in his mind, he's he you know thinks everybody needs to be KYC'd, right? So then it can become this this banking app as well. Uh, he essentially wants to build you know a transactional system into into Twitter. Uh, but of course, but we all go to know it's going to be some crappy uh, centralized fiat based system, or also added a just kind of crappy crypto, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe even a CB. Um, so, and where everybody's KYC. Yeah. Now we'll put the two stories together. A site that demands that you identify yourself and they want to add biometrics. And then a regime that kills you for what you say <laughs> online. Like you put the two oh, together. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. hilarious. Like, exactly. uh, and yeah, and now they're starting to um there's some people in certain uh jurisdictions who have um needed to give X uh their their ID information, picture of their ID to have the uh, the blue check mark um, 
So if you want that Twitter uh, or X blue, whatever the heck they call it now, a uh, subscription, then you're going to have to eventually, you're going to have to like send them a picture of your ID like you do for like a financial institution, um, which is really not, that's like way over the line. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what I have the blue mark, right? It seems like, I mean, obviously you use your, because you have to use your credit card even to get it. Yeah, so it's already not an ideal thing. You're already being KYC um, there. You're already being KYC a little yeah. bit, but then they're going the extra mile and like, hey, yeah, you got to do ID, uh, and they they do this under the whole guise of like you know making people real. And yeah, bots on Twitter that's like a problem. There's like so many bots. Um, but like the solution isn't to just force KYC everyone and dox everyone with their ID. Uh, yeah, that will not. The be solution happening. is random X. <laughs> Um, not sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the, uh, the font isn't liking this dude's characters. His name is Spannard. Um, you can connect to this node through tail scale funnel and a SOCAT at this address. So, um, this is an example of somebody running Android, uh, you, uh, or running a Monero node on Android using Termux. Uh, Termux is basically a terminal emulator you can run on Android. That's using, I think it's using ZSH because Android is Linux based. Uh, and so a lot of Linux applications do already uh, work on Android uh, to, to a degree. And there's a lot of terminal programs that you could run through Turbux. And uh, you're actually able to get uh, a Monero node running on Turbux on an Android phone. So you can run a full, well, probably not a full node, a prune node on your Android phone if you want to. I mean, if you have like a, Maybe like a 256 gig model, you might be able to run a full node. But yeah, and Crypto Grampy has a, uh, he's got a guide on how to do this uh, that was created um, a couple years ago, it looks like, but this would still probably apply today um, about what this is and how you set this up. So if you have an old Android phone sitting around and you want to be able to run a node, but you but you don't have like a dedicated computer to do that or Raspberry Pi, this is a valid option. And that's really cool. This is like the great purpose of Monero right here is taking old hardware um, that would normally just be, you know, thrown away or trashed and reusing that for something good, like helping the network. Very cool. Um, any comments on that? Probably nope. not. Um, good stuff. Next we got from Softstack, uh, PyNode XMR, uh, adding new features in 523.08. XMR to eth swaps from Elizabeth and crew. Uh, update your PyNode uh, from the... And then you update uh, atomic swaps from the setup menu to install the swap utility. And with Monero node running in sync, to go to swap tab UI. Yep, just instructions on how to do this. Um, but yeah, it looks like uh, you can have uh, XMR to ETH atomic swaps built into PyNode XMR, uh, which is really cool. Um, and PyNode XMR, it's it's like the um, it's like the Android node program uh, where you can install this base image for a Raspberry Pi that has all these features that help you set up a node and run it and gives you like a cool dashboard. So you can see the data usage and how the Raspberry Pi is doing. It's pretty cool. It looks like they, uh, they have built in a lot of tools and one of those is a swap tool. And now you can do XMR to ETH atomic swaps. Very cool. Very cool. We, we, we might look into doing something like that for the Nodo. Yeah. It's different things. It's another, another on off ramp. Right. And the thing is, is even if, technically proficient people don't really understand how they can get out into cash if you have several dozen people in every community that know how to do this and then people who are just faster better cheaper more efficient at the on and off ramp through swapping technologies and all of that you'll you'll eliminate the uh the friction when people think well what if i want to get back into fiat 
as soon as they see that it's like a widely available service that a lot of enthusiasts of XMR would just do for free, or at least whatever it costs them to do the swap. And all of these tools make a really big difference in making that a feasible uh, endeavor. I had to switch over to share this once this is a video. Um, how much of this do you want me to play, Doug? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's that long. Let's see. Six minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Breaking new aerosol COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. I'll, probably, I'll play the beginning of it. There's a new form of COVID-19 vaccine on the way, and it should alarm you because it's aerialized, which means they don't need your consent. This is from the nationalpulse.com, written by the Raw Egg Nationalist, titled Researchers Create Aerialized COVID Vaccine. And you need to pay attention to this because this is important, and it may just save you from having unwanted mRNA inside of your bloodstream in the coming years. You don't think they would cross the line of forcing vaccines on you? Then you just haven't lived in the last three years. Wake up. Listen. All right. University researchers have created a new airborne method of delivery. Yeah, so I don't know how true that is, but, you know. I mean, it's not surprising. It's like they, they wanted to force everyone to take it. So why wouldn't they uh, uh, force it on you without your... Um, Wasn't it in like 1963 that the Air Force did the exact same thing over a town in Washington? And it was an aerosolized vaccine. I love how they talk about, oh, just just yesterday, these researchers. And it's just this tiny little bottle. And no, so none of this totally stuff is normal. new. They've like just, you know, like... They've always done like all this stuff at some point before, and most people don't know about it. And you know, small <laughs> test areas and whatever. Yeah. Meanwhile, like seventy years ago, they were using planes over entire towns to do the same thing. I always wondered in the airplane, you know, when they like spray through the the air system, like they'll sanitize it that way. I've always wondered if they've been putting anything. Oh, else like in the chemtrails. I mean, it would be like no, in uh, no, oh. just like. Internal to the cabin. Oh, internal to the uh, cabin. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, like they use every, some kind of system to sanitize the plane. I hear them say, like, we have an enclosed air system, blah, blah, blah. When I'm on the plane, like my tinfoil hat grows three sizes. Well, ideally, I all they would be wearing in 95 like a filter and like a UV filter. But, you know, maybe they're putting something else in there. Who knows? Yeah, this might be a reason to finally start wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> we will have. We will have real masks, though, not like just the cloth diapers that sit on your face loosely. Uh, I have these, uh, the you know, the bottled air cans. I mean, I could go show somebody if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But um, it's like pilot's air designed for being on a plane. And it's literally the, the purpose of the can is to bring it on a plane. And it says it right on the can. And it's like FAA certified. And they still will never let me take it on. And they'll never let me ship it over the air because they're like, oh, can. Can means bad or something. It's And it says right on the bottle, like how you can look up to make sure that it's FAA regulator certified. What, it's just air? Wait, that's that's like a that's like from Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, what'd you say it was? Canned air? Alaska, are you huffing on 100% O2 over there? <laughs> <laughs> you know it, bro. <laughs> wow. We gotta sell those on XMR Bazaar. Oh, really? Cool. That's yeah. Weird. They're the boost cans, and then you can get them flavored. Oh, I've seen that have, before. Yeah, and they're, they're really great for the gym because one of the things that you can do if you're like super lazy and fat like me, and you just want a shortcut, is uh, you you raise the CO2 levels, or the CO2 saturation in your bloodstream for when you're trying to gain, and then you raise the oxygen levels when you're trying to cut. And you can go back and forth like four, five, six times in the same day. 
um like so for example if you're about to try to hit the gains or you just like did like a lot of reps you can just keep holding your breath and how make much it is really a hard can to breathe cost? and then you switch to this when you want to go to burn um yeah that's that's what i call the slacker workout so <laughs> how much does how much does one can cost biohacking i don't know i don't shop anymore i haven't shopped it's, it's funny because it's like life. imagine it's like 10 bucks and they're just selling you like air in a can it's literally that <laughs> my wife just told me that they're like about 15 dollars at walgreens well how many how many uh how many hits sell those at walgreens yeah well, that's weird and it tastes like well this one tastes like peppermint but that's you can so get them funny. without flavor. It's pretty you, awesome. You guys have all seen Spaceballs, I'm sure, right? Or, or, or are you guys too young? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And actually, Chinese people use this to launder money out of China, right? Um, what? They buy the Canadian air that they, they bottle air at like this park in Canada and they sell it to themselves. They start a company in in Canada that sells the air and then they jack up the price and they send the bottles and then they sell it to themselves in China at a loss. And so they can move money over to another company. I'm like, I hate to give it away for Chicom's listening. Sorry to cut out. What, what, is, what is like the sales pitch on the can as to why people should buy it? It's like. Oh, these ones? Or you mean the, the Canada money laundering no. operation? No, like what's the actual use of it? One besides that money laundering. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's 80% oxygen so it's it's the perfect amount for if you need higher oxygen levels in your bloodstream so it's it, it i mean there's a lot of reasons you might want it so another good example like i i always have a huge stockpile of these you know paranoid prepper fat guy conspiracy theorist whatever um but during covid a lot of people were having asphyxiation even to the point of death mm. but if you have these on you not medical advice for the purposes of Monero talk, it's not medical advice, but I'm just saying, you know, in theory, if somebody wanted to, they could use it to supplement their oxygen levels. But then when it comes back down, your body like self-regulates. However, keeping the oxygen available if you're asphyxiating can be really useful, especially with COVID 2.0 right around the corner. Um, maybe might not be a bad idea to have one or two of these available in case you're mom who's been a lifelong smoker gets covid just saying all right always learning new things here on monerotopia next we've got this tweet from d martian i think the future of monero mining may move increasingly away from performance use to old low power devices there's no roi as people use spare hardware old phones and the cpus are designed for energy efficiency the best miner might come from pdus and os configurations uh yeah i mean everybody just Take your old Android phone. Everyone's got some old Android phone, right? Um, just sitting in a drawer somewhere. Just grab that one or two. Up a, up a node, yeah. And yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a bunch of old Pixels. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be, uh, I'll be trying this myself. Um, uh, but um, of course, there's um both nodes and mining, right? So he's talking about mining here. Um, mining, you can't, you could can do two. Um. <laughs> But uh, the performance probably won't be like very great whatsoever. Um, but if a million people do this, it'd be something. Um, I think running a node on a phone would probably be more worth it than trying to mine personally. But uh, yeah, you just take that old phone, take the old, or even an old computer. If you have an old computer, like an old laptop or something, you use that to mine. Very cool. Very cool. Last article. Um, 
Warren. Oh, uh, we talked. Yeah, Body already covered this. Oh, oh yeah, you did. You talked about this. Yep. Blah blah blah. Recession. recession. Body, could you elaborate like you were saying before how you wanted to speculate? Um, the Binance withdraws and the mining because the the those two star stories back to back. You know what I'm talking about? Because I'm really curious. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for the last couple of years, we basically established that Binance is fractionally reserved, heavily fractionally reserved, and basically all of 2022 they could barely keep their withdrawals open. Um, they were closed for like 10 days in August of 2022, um, and then somehow magically in January they just started meeting withdrawals. They stopped shutting down, and all of the other exchanges that were having similar problems like um qcoin huabai um let's see i think okx and and a handful of others they just started meeting withdrawals and we didn't we just haven't seen the complaints about people not you know not being able to withdraw so one of two things happened either we all finally got our monero off these exchanges or somehow they um they were able to cover their their deficit um, and if they're fractionally reserved, I mean, you still got to realize that, okay, well, there's still got to be some people trapped in there. So I've been, I've been kind of scratching my head for the past six months because we haven't seen any kind of major price divergences that would suggest they ran a large accumulation. Um, there have been, there was a little bit of pro positive price divergence, but that wasn't, that wasn't even reflected in price very much. So, um, at least not our relative prices. So, um, when Howard talked about, this miner was, uh, you know, has likely been used by Bitmain um, for, you know, maybe the past year or so. Suddenly it started to make more sense that, okay. And he also said, I think it was like 13%, maybe it's 12 or 15%. It was somewhere around there. But Howard estimated that this miner um, or the signature of this miner has been out there um, and composes maybe 12 or 14% of the hash rate. So that's not an insubstantial amount, right? That's We're talking about tens of thousands of Monero uh, at that kind of hash rate. So I wonder if there isn't some kind of deal with Binance, Bitmain, you know, um, and any of these other exchanges where they basically, it seems like they would have, they would based on their price, it seems like they would have been mining at a loss, but maybe they did that. They, they threw some money at this to mine at a loss to cover the Monero that they didn't have without pumping price. Um, it just seems to me like everything that I've seen from these guys, they're trying to prevent Monero's price from breaking out when other things are breaking out. Like for example, the August top of 2022, the 10 days of that top, they shut down Monero withdrawals. And then Monero had this weird price action where it was just a complete flat top. The chart was set up to go higher. Everything looked good. But after they shut down withdrawals, um, they diverged their price down in my my crack theory was that they took whatever remaining Monero they had and sold it on Kraken to try and keep price depressed while everything else <clears throat> was still kind of pumping. So um, just in general, I think that this is, mm, I would just say a reasonably, it's a reasonable speculation to say, have they used this, um, this Monero miner uh, to, to sort of cover for their fractional reserve deficiencies to keep their um, withdrawals open because they were, they were looking pretty bad. Like it was pretty bad throughout like the last year and a half of them just continually shutting down withdrawals. Hmm, interesting theory. Not that far-fetched. Uh, it would be along their, it would definitely be along their sort of modus operandi and the, 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 the patterns of behavior we've seen from them in the past. This is another reason why, you know, obviously price matters during the integration phase where you're trying to integrate with the existing economy or create a parallel economy. But it's also the other reason why breaking that cycle of tying price to dollars, it actually it, it, it does not serve the, the person who is doing those things because 
as long as you're pegging the price of anything to one specific currency, then the people who have control over that currency can manipulate the price of what you're using. You know, this is one of the like everybody who knows what's going on with the BRICS, you know, phony fiat nonsense. Like they recognize that, but then they don't see it in the price of Monero where it's like, well, why do you keep talking about Monero as though it's it's value comes from a dollar? You know, you, you don't see it that way when you're talking about the dollar collapsing because of bricks, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a good point. And that's just uh, changing our perception. That comes from us. Nobody else. All right, guys. Um, I think we we covered it all. Anything else? Any anybody wants to bring up? Covered a lot today, as always. No? Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, we hear you. Don't worry. Yeah, we hear. <laughs> I right. just know if I start rolling, it's never. Gonna <laughs> all right. All right. We, we will. Uh, we will close it out there. We will close it out there. Uh, great show, as always. Over over two hours today. Um, body. Thank you, man. As always, Tux. Thanks for running these. XMR Pirate. You want to, you want to say anything else? Thanks for for jumping on today. We appreciate this. I think you're coming in from Brazil. I don't know. He, we might we might have lost him at this point. Uh, we lost our special guest today. He had to go. I guess Alex. Thanks for doing the show today. And yeah, Alaska Anon. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you, everybody. We will see you again next week, same time, every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Cheers. Yes, have a good weekend, guys. Peace. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group.